Welcome to Coffee, Conversations, and Badasses Podcast. I'm your host, Dustin Hayes, and today's episode, I'm excited. And we got Jolene Beaton here, and she is a professional matchmaker, and she's going to teach us what we're doing wrong, what we're fucking up, and what we're winning at. But if you like what we do, we know you're watching, we know you're liking, just go to our Patreon. Go there, check it out, three bucks to subscribe. You get some awesome perks, and we got a lot of exclusive content coming out just on Patreon that you're not going to see it on YouTube or anywhere else. Jolene, how is it going? Hello, Dustin. Thank you for having me. I got to admit, so we had you on a street interview, and right away, I was like, we have to have her on. And then you told me what you did. I was like, yeah, there's, we have to have you on. Just because you did so well at the street interview, I was like, hey, what could go wrong? And then you said you're a matchmaker. I was like, wow, a lot can go wrong. <laughs> She's going to look deep into our eyes and tell us what we're doing wrong, which is okay. It's okay to be wrong. It's okay to fail because we learn by failure. So how did you get into matchmaking, matchmaking if I could talk today? Uh, kind of just, it's not such a glamorous story, really. I was in San Diego in need of a job. And um, one of my girlfriends, you know, seemed to turn over cool opportunities all the time. So I called her, I said, I need a job. She said, I'm passing on this sales gig. And it's at a matchmaking company. I think you'd be great at it. And I went and interviewed and uh, got the job and realized, God, I don't know anything about relationships. How am I going to do this? You know? And, and so I hit the books and started learning and, you know, um, really decided that I would perfect the craft of being like a highly skilled matchmaker. You didn't have any idea about how to matchmake or anything like that. And you didn't do this previously. It was just like, Hey, I just ways of making money and here I go. I'm going to give it a shot. Yeah. And you ended up being really good at it. Yeah. I mean, I, I worked really hard at it. You know, I, once I felt like, God, I can do this. You know, I, people are listening. Like I, I feel pulled. I want to learn more. You know, then, like I said, I just, I devoured every single book. You know, I listened to every unhappy client for two solid years on what wasn't working in their love life. And um, I became a little obsessed. That's what it takes to be great at something is putting in the work. You knew nothing about it and you put in the work to be great at it. That's what a lot of people I think are not understanding is they just think they can just do it for a very short period of time and be the Michael Jordan of the NBA or of coffee or of matchmaking. If people know the story of Michael Jordan, they know that he was not just this great, talented kid. Matter of fact, I think he didn't even make his high school team. <laughs> it's unreal. It's a story. Yeah, crazy. I mean, now we think of Michael Jordan like, what? This guy probably came out with a basketball, was dunking at age three. You know, it wasn't the case. But it's the work that puts in. It's the drive that you have and willing to learn and fail. Right. You know? Right. I, I was looking at, um, you know, different professions and I was always taught that you just need to be the best at whatever you do and you can command the highest salary as long as there's a, a skill that someone wants to pay you for that you have and they don't, you know, then do you want to be the hairdresser that 
commands $20 an hour or the one that commands $1,000 an hour, right? And I wanted to be the matchmaker that commanded, you know, $600 an hour for, you know, uh, an hour of my time. That's, I love it. So talking to hundreds of unhappy people. Thousands. <laughs> thousands. Not <laughs> thousands. All right. I mean, so now you know how good she is. <laughs> You know, I'm over here like thinking like, man, like she's probably hell at two, 300. She's like thousands of people. What is the number one concern when it comes to relationships? Or what's the number one uh, pain point on both sides for men and women? Mm. Is it different? So I'll stick in the realm of dating versus relationships. Okay. You know, because I feel like they're different. Um, a pain point in dating. <sighs> Yeah, people want to know why why isn't it working for me? You know, and the feedback they're getting in the dating world doesn't always paint that picture. Either they're not getting the feedback or it doesn't paint an accurate picture of like why doesn't someone want to love me? You know, and so I think that's the the pain point that kind of stops people from putting themselves out there. So it if I'm hearing you correctly, it's kind of a confidence issue as well. Yeah. Right? Like well, they're they, not confident in who they are. And that comes out in dating, right? Yeah. Dating can show you, you know, well, I don't want to say it'll show you flaws, but it can feel like that rejection. If you internalize it, you know, it's very hard to reconcile. If someone doesn't want to date me, is it because some of something I did wrong on that date? Or is it because they just, I'm not their type. They, like in the business, we call it eight foot tall and purple. So meaning- Is you that know, Barney? It, <laughs> right? If, if I like someone and they don't like me back, instead of deciding that I did something wrong, I could just decide that they like eight foot tall and purple, which I can never be. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I love I loved the analogy. I love that concept. You know, it, and I think that's what it takes a lot of people to realize is not everybody, matter of fact, nine times out of 10 or a hundred or a thousand, those people aren't going to be the right one for you. Right. You know, and I think we probably go down this dating world. I'm, I'm kind of geared more into a relationship. I'm already going, I'm past dating. I just went, I just blew the gate of dating. <laughs> I'm, I just went right into relationships. Um, and dating, it's so wild of, man, I could take this so many different ways, but the art of courtship, the art of getting to know somebody, I don't know if it's lost or if we're just consumed by so many ways to find a partner. Like decision fatigue? Um, I, don't think, I don't think people really have a decision fatigue because in this day and age, a decision is... <laughs> right? Right. So there's really not that. Now, when you get so many matches, maybe there's decision fatigue, like, oh shit. Then how do you make that educated guess? You go by looks, you go by the communication that you had with the person. Because I think a lot of people base on looks. Now, yes, I think you have to because there's got to be some law of attraction. There's got to be some mutual attraction to each other. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm fucking shallow. No, it's, but, attraction's huge, right? Everybody wants to feel attracted to their 
right. uh, partner. It's not that you're shallow. It's just attraction is subjective. What do you mean? It is who you find attractive is only in your head, your heart, your mind. Gotcha. So if it's on the outer, that's all you're ever going to see. If it's on the inner, it's going to bring what's on the outer even more attractive. Well, like if, if I told, let's use someone famous. If I said, you know, you know, oh, you're attracted to Salma Hayek. You could tell me no. Yeah. She's a stereotypically or, you know, generally, you know, most people would say she's physically attractive. It doesn't mean that you would find her attractive. Yeah, very true. Right. Yeah. So it's subjective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I now in the world of in dating, what's the number? I mean, what's one of the number one things we're we're lacking in the dating world? Conversation skills. Conversation skills. Yeah. Is that on both sides, or is it usually men not taking the, you know, taking the, uh, you know, the the first step and saying, "Boom, let's start this conversation," or the lack of knowing how to really conversate with a woman. Okay, so it's, it's, yes, it's on both sides, right? Women are lacking good conversation skills as well, right? Yeah. But you are right that let's say that someone, a female has a higher skill level of conversation. Is she still expecting the man to lead that? Yes, I would say most often. So yeah. it, 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 it's, a it's a challenge. I mean, that's probably what most women are looking for, right? Is a guy to take the lead, you know? like Almost gender, every conversation I have. Gender roles are still a thing. That's still one thing a woman probably wants is that gender role, that man taking the lead, take money out of this and a man to be a man, right? To step up and say, hey, here I am. I'm showing up. How can I help you? What can I do to make this dating date better or, you know, be engaging? Now, like nerves get us all. Right. Like, I mean, like it doesn't matter who you are. Nerves going to get you all. You know, you're going to be nervous. And we usually, you know, um, uh, you know, uh, tie alcohol into being nervous. And if I have that drink, I'm not going to be nervous anymore. But is that really the truth? So I would say that no, it is, you know, we know that alcohol induces anxiety. It does not reduce it, right? So a better strategy would be, I'm going to do a meditation before my first date to reduce anxiety. I'm not going to have a drink, right? Mm. But, you know, dating and drinking have gone hand in hand for quite a while. There's something seductive about it, sexy about it, rebellious even, so I think a lot of people- um, Rebellious? Yeah, you know, um, yeah, rebellious. Interesting. Why, and now you have piqued my curiosity with rebellion. How is drinking rebellious on a date? Well, when we grow up, you know, we're always told that you shouldn't drink, right? You can't- you shouldn't go to a party. You should be doing your homework. You should not, you know, the consequences always connected with drinking are pretty negative, right? Yet in dating, somehow we've, as society, turned it into, you know, um, a positive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. I well, would, yeah, go ahead. You know, we, we think it's okay to have a drink, which is up to that person if they want to have a drink or not. But taking it on a date and having that date tie around drinking, it's not so, it's not so good, right? Because it really doesn't um, create the atmosphere of a more of a welcoming environment or why not take that person on a drink? Because why not take the person on a drink? And I'll tell you what I think here in a minute. Okay, well, here's my perspective, right? Um, so I think on every date, you should go, I, I believe it's a performance-based activity. I think that whether a date goes well is within our control. And um, I believe it's a skill versus, you know, challenge-based activity. Why, so, why performance-based? So, because I think you can get good at it. I think you can get good at asking great questions that are meaningful. I think you can get good at... Uh, sharing stories that are impactful and, and show people who you are, right? And create real connection. So I don't think that comes naturally to a lot of people. I do think it's something that you have to, um, you know, there's, it's very complex on being able to be authentic and show who you are in a moment with a stranger. Um, but I do think it's something that we can develop a skill around. So what are some of the, like, give me an example of a thought-inducing question because I know a lot of people say, hey, I want deep chats. You know, I want somebody to get to know me. What would be a good question on how somebody could break that ice getting to know somebody without saying, how's your day? Or uh, what do you do for work? Okay, so I'll kind of lead you through my thought process around around dating and it being a, a performance-based activity. So, you know, if it is, then you might not want to drink alcohol on it. But more because, um, are you familiar with flow theory or no. flow state? So flow state is a state of consciousness where you are kind of consumed by focused attention. Um, there's a loss of self-consciousness. Your activity feels effortless. Um, you know, most of the research conducted around flow has been with elite athletes, right? Um, surgeons, artists, uh, you know, people reporting that everything just kind of fell away and they were in the zone, right? So if we want to, if we know that, you know, um, let's say flow is, how is it induced? It's when you are perfectly challenged, when your skill level matches the challenge level and you're neither overwhelmed nor bored, right? So take that to a date and let's say conversation skills is the, you know, the thing we're measuring, right? So if I am, if I talk to people all day long to strangers, you know, that challenge of a first date might not be as challenging. So I might get bored if that person can't match my level of conversation, right? So I'm not going to be in flow. I'm, I'm going to be, you know, somewhere else. If I'm debilitatingly shy, that challenge level is really, really high for me. And if I don't have the skill set to match that challenge, I'm going to sit there and mute, right? So they're never getting, you know, who I am in that moment effectively. So when you ask questions, right, you said, what, what would be a good, meaningful question? So the first thing we need to do is find out how we can get into flow, right? So if you you got to find out what your what skills you're lacking and then 
work on those, right? So a lot of my highest achievers, right? We're talking people who are extremely accomplished in the game of life. They're interesting. They have stories to tell, right? Those people, we end up talking dating 101, just like you just asked me, what's a great question, right? And you can Google great first date questions, but if you want it to be effective, right? The first thing you need to do is make sure your skills match the challenge. And then the next thing you would want to do is go, what are these questions that are important to me? So for me, um, I like knowing where people feel at peace, you know, as I think that's a great way to sense someone's spirit and it can lead to very deep, meaningful connection, right? Um, I love knowing what someone's favorite landscape is. Is it city, farmland, mountains, beach, desert, right? That is going to open up a world that I can maneuver around in conversation and I can show, you know, who I really am authentically while getting to know you. Interesting. That is, that's super interesting. I, the flow state, I, I have to check it out. Because, uh, I mean, you said it perfectly, you know, and- in my mind, I work a little bit differently. I think maybe not. I'm probably just like everybody else. I am just like everybody else out there with ADHD. <laughs> you know, you're talking about getting in the zone. Like, you know how hard it is somebody for ADHD to get in the zone? No. And then be in that flow state. It's like uh, just one little thing will just be like <sighs> butterflies is flying around. You're like, oh shit. Well, let I'm me ask butterflies. you this. Let me ask you this. Okay, so I re- when I started playing around with flow, I um, really <clears throat> had to think back to a moment, or it made me think back rather, to a moment, have I ever experienced flow? And when I was growing up, I was a cheerleader and I would be in competitions and I would remember everything before that performance, we would be terrible. I mean, we would be like, oh my God, we would forget the routines. We would, you know, forget if we had to move, um, move someone, it was just a nightmare. But in that moment on stage, we would all come together and we would nail it. And I didn't realize it at the time, but that was flow. That was everybody with a common goal getting in, in the zone. Right. So my question for you is when in your life has that shown up? Um, high pressured being in the military, being under pressure. Uh, that's when it really shows up. That's when it's like, fuck, it's game time. There's nothing else. This is it. Um, you know, one, I mean, I, I go back to combat, you know, it's just like, oh shit. Like here it is. Um, emergency situations. I go into a state where I can just pop in and kind of take over, take control and work very well. And it doesn't matter about butterflies. It doesn't matter about anything else going on in the world. It's about this problem in front of me right now and solving it. Um, Krav Maga is, is one, one of those. Uh, Ooh, scuba diving. Yeah, yeah scuba, uh, scuba diving. Highly you know, correlated with flow, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, all of those things. It's all those. Not doing that, business, uh, not so much. You know, not so much as more like fucking chasing butterflies. But that's what I'm going to say. It's a skill level. So it's interesting, right? Yeah. Um, the, the, the book that made me want to start conducting research around flow and, and romantic relationships was Stealing Fire. And in, in this book, they talked about the SEAL team uh-huh. and, um, and how 
they almost have like a collective consciousness or almost are telepathic to some extent where they can move, you know, telepathically, right? They're, they're in yeah. sync. They, they know what's know going on. They already know what the dude in front of them is doing, the dude behind them is doing. They got each other six. They know their jobs. They know their lane. And I thought, God, imagine relationships, right? Mm-hmm. If you could discover how to sync up and how to get in flow with your partner, and and someone could argue that people that have been married 45, 50 years, maybe that's what they have. They have a flow, you know, but can't we get that early? I mean, the, the geek in me just wants to go, how do I get that right now? How do I get that with my partner right now? And can that be co-created? And what does that look like? That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And how, so how do you get, how does one person find out what they're not good at? Because- in some people's minds, we might be like, what are you talking about? I'm a great communicator. Now, if you get 10 chicks saying you're not a great communicator out of 12, you're probably just a bad communicator. <laughs> you know, and I'll, I'll jump on a horse here in just a second about communication because I have another bone to pick with communication because I think we have a misconception on communication, you know, and what people expect and their expectations of communication. Um, I, it's just, see, it's hard to get in that. Now, what, because it, it all starts off with communication. That's where you start that flow, right? Is that communication. But how does somebody find out that they're not good at something? Is there like, like the personality test? Can they go online and find a, a dating test to see what they're really bad at? Um, not bad. Yeah, just, not that I know of, right? Because I know, um, I know on me, I'm, I know me. And some of my flaws, I'm not everybody, but, you know, I know what I lack. Well, I think communication skills on a date is more like just one measuring, you know, uh, thing that you can measure. Because if you're in flow, it doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, um, people like people have this idea that on a date, it needs to go back and forth and back and forth. And, um, and that's not necessarily true. You can have a great first date with asking some pointed questions. I had a, had a client one time, this is adorable, but it was right when COVID started. We started, um, instead of doing in-person dates, we switched to Zoom dates. And um, I received the feedback from the couple. And he said, well, I think the moment I fell in love with her is when she came on the screen with a set of flashcards and said, so I thought we could go through a get to know you session. And he said, I was done. It was adorable. And I did not think that that would work. Maybe if a man brought flashcards to a date, I think women would probably eat them up, but you know, it did work and, and it was really thought out and thoughtful and, and it wasn't, it was authentic to her. Yeah. It's showing her personality. Right. So it doesn't, I mean, she might not feel like a very skilled communicator, but it still worked. Well, she put thought into it. Yeah. And I think she put some thought and some planning into it. And I think that is a key. Well, then you know? that, then you could also just say, am I present, right? Is flow being present, right? Yeah. We're going to steal something. <laughs> I already had that coming. I already had that coming, but you're right. Being present yeah. is, is super hard. And that's something I was going to touch on with you about dating and relationships. Yeah. Uh, but we'll touch on that here later on. Okay. So if you're watching, actually it's going to be on the Patreon. So go to our Patreon and uh, subscribe. And you'll actually hear the questions I'm going to ask her about being present because you're not going to hear it on YouTube. All right. 
That was a shameless plug. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you, you are, you're, man, we touched so many, so many points. How is this dating world today? How do people perceive dating today? Do they see it as disposable? Do they see it as just, ah, okay, I didn't really like this one thing. Like, it, it almost seems, how do people perceive dating today? You know, it's really hard. Um, interesting questions. So as a matchmaker, so I, I talk to about 10 individuals every day after their dates. And this is for, I'm on 16 and a half years, right? You've been doing this for 16 and a half years? Yeah. So there is times when, you know, I look at the dating world and I think, God, it is bleak, right? I, I, I buy into all of the people and their feedback about their issues. I'm, I'm human, you know? Sometimes I get off and I go, I can't do this job, not one more day. I can't, it's, it, I don't want to, right? I'm over it. And, um, and then there's times that I get off the phone and I go, oh, I'm so inspired, I just want to know more. I want to connect more. I want to learn more. And it keeps me engaged in the work, right? And there's times when I um, think in my own relationship, you know, God, this isn't enough. I want more. And then there's times I come and hear after a woman tell me exactly what she wants that I know I have. And then I go, oh, honey, I am so lucky that I found you, right? So it the modern dating world, I think, is just as bleak as you want it to look or as positive as you want it to look. So I don't think, I don't just don't like generalizing. You know, I really- I'll make it Pacific. I, yeah. So I'm the dating apps. So I, I have a love-hate relationship with dating apps. I love the convenience. I hate the disposableness. Because as humans, we have now become a disposable object where, um, where I'm going to punch him in his fucking dick. He's going to get dick punched. Terrence, you're going to get dick punched. Fuck. He definitely has ADHD. Yeah. <laughs> also retarded. <laughs> anyway, uh, ADHD, man. Like, there it goes. See, I had it. I was on I something. Uh, so disposableness with the relationships. Right. It is so easy to go, nah, I'm done. I'm done or just on to the next one, 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 right? Because... Dating has become so disposable. We can just move on, move on, move on, move on. Is there something we don't like about one little thing about a person? We're like, yeah, nope, done. You know, which maybe is a, a good thing because maybe we're like looking at that like, hey, that's not a, uh, a red flag or a deal breaker. But I think things that would have been not a deal breaker have now became deal breakers just because how easy it is to go to the next person. There's no art in going to picking somebody up anymore. It's a swipe. And you both are mutually attracted to each other. 
So I, I believe there is an art, right? I do, I do too. There yeah. is an art, but I say yeah. we have lost the art. I think, well, it's kind of like you said about, you know, choose to not make people disposable. You choose to operate your dating life where your desires are aligned with your actions and you are in full integrity, right? So whatever that looks like to you. So if swiping left and right constantly doesn't feel authentic, then maybe find a strategy that works better. I'm not going to entertain more than three conversations at once because as a female, I'm never going to get to the dates. I'm going to be all over the place. I'm going to have too many. I'm going to be too distracted. I have too many conversations. They're not going to be authentic. I'm going to be doing it in my, you know, on my phone in, in a moment. Um, I'm not going to be thoughtful about it. But what if I employed a strategy that said, I'm not going to have Bumble on my uh, phone. I'm going to put it on my desktop and I'm going to check. I'm not going to have notifications that go off and make me addicted, right? To who's next or swipe when I'm bored. I'm going to go on when I actually have time. Once a day, I'm going to have a conversation. I'm going to ask a good question. I'm going to say, hey, Dustin, you know, it looks like your profile, you look like you've got some style. You know, I can tell that you're genuine in your search. Have you had any adventures lately? And then I can wait until you come back. And if you say, you know, here's what the, here's the typical responses I see. Either someone says, yeah, I just had this, you know, adventure. And, you know, what about you? I, I'd love to get to know you better. Now, boom, we're on to an authentic um you know, conversation that I'm going to put effort into and I'm going to try to get to the date right away. But a lot of times what's happening to people is, you know, there's no question asked back. I say, have you had any adventures lately? You say, um, no, not really, you know, you know, just out with my dog, Max or whatever. And then I'm stuck now because you haven't asked me anything. And now I'm putting out, I'm exerting more effort, Right which I don't know if it's going to come back. So I don't know if it's worth my time. So a lot of women will just unmatch. If you if the men don't have the courtesy to ask them a question, they believe it's courtesy. I don't think it's courtesy. Um, I think there's a lot. I, I don't think the men are trying not to be courteous. I think they either don't know what to ask, right? They're probably just wanting to get straight to the date as well, you know? Um, well, but you yeah. have those instances where... You get you get straight to the date. You try to, and like after just a little bit back and forth, hey, you want to go? I was gonna say grab a drink, but there's other activities you could do besides drinking. Um, <laughs> well, it, it's it, I'll even go all I, I like. I talk about my personal life too, and I go in my personal experiences. Um, but you know, I've had oh fuck, um, I've had. Now make, wow, I'm squirming, making me uncomfortable over here. Like, eh, I talked about a lot harder stuff than dating. Um, I don't okay. know. It's pretty raw, right? Oh, it's man. pretty exposing. <sighs> dating. Oh, it is fucking taxing is what it is, to be honest with you. For me, it, it's taxing because a lot of fake shit out there. And I don't put up with it. And I'm quick to be like, out. Like, I, there's something about, I can smell bullshit. And when I smell it, I'm like, look, you get, I'm going to be real from day one. What you get on day one 
is what you're going to get in 10 years in a relationship. I, I don't try to hide myself or be fake because you're going to find out who I am. So I'm going to dial it back a little bit just to be so you'll like me. It's either you like me or you don't like me. And I'm very courteous because I'm old school. So I'm old school with some modern views. Yeah. Does that kind yeah. of make sense? Yeah. So like opening doors, walking to their car. So important. You know, walking, open the car door for them. You know, uh, I've lacked on a lot of things like buying flowers because I don't look at flowers as a gesture of, of, of something. Oh, hey, this is, uh, I, I want to give you this. Now I understand the psychology behind it now. I didn't when I was married. When I was married, I was like, why would I spend money on flowers? They're going to die in a, a week. Like, can I not just show you my love? Right. Is that not good enough? But now I realize flowers are an act of thinking about them when you're not with them. You did an act away from them and brought something back and said, I just brought you these because I'm thinking of you. Right. I can understand that act now. Now there's a lot of progression I did in my whole life. Right. Getting up to just buying flowers. But it's, the online world seems fake. Very, very fake. I think there is people out there that are trying to get to know and off dating apps and really trying to get to date. So no, no dating apps. We're going to get that out of the way right now. Get the hell off of them. Call Jolene. Because she is going to learn about you and find a match that's going to be good for you. Instead of 100 matches, you'll get one, maybe two. I don't know. Well, I actually thank you for that. I actually do like dating apps, though. and I Do you? I, I teach people how to use them appropriately because there's something behind your frustration with dating. It probably is a lot easier for you. I would just have to understand what your specific experience is. And then, you know, by two or three you know, different things I could implant in your mind to think a little differently about how you do something. And it would probably work. It, it's, I have no problem getting dates. Right. You know, that's not- the, But there's gotta be dates. some frustration, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It goes, it goes with um, just, it, and some of it's on my part. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm a flawed human being, you know, but I recognize my flaws. And I actively seek to uh, have them not become flaws, you know, and I work on myself on a constant basis. Commute, work is, I look at ourselves as uh, classic cars. It's great when it's running. And this is the same thing with mental health. This is analogy is perfect for mental health too. But in the dating world, it's great when it's running, but when the engine breaks down or something, then you're like, oh shit, you know, it's not working as well. But it's maintenance. You have to maintain yourself. You still have to wash the car, wax the car, you know, make sure the tires are filled up, the gas is filled up, the tank is filled up, the gas is filled up, the tank is filled up. You know, um, you know, you have to be there. You have to maintain that that level of cleanliness with yourself and in dating. I mean, the same thing as is dating. It's dating's tough, you know. And I find it that we have now gone the disposableness of it. Um, and I'm not really that frustrated. I'm just frustrated with dating apps and where they've brought the culture. And that's, that's the frustration I have is with the culture yeah. of dating apps. I know. I loved dating apps. I had a great experience on them. I met incredible men 
who were all genuinely searching for a life partner. And, you know, and I'm friends with a lot of them still that I met and um, seeing them with their new person, it's been such a joy because you see, uh, well, it's kind of fun because you can reconcile why it didn't work out, (laughs) you know, a little bit better, but also it's cool to see them get what they wanted, you know? And uh, so I, I think it's a brilliant, I think it's brilliant. I mean, to have that access to that many people. And then I think with a good strategy, um, yeah, it can definitely work. So stay on the dating apps, call Jolene <laughs> for advice. <laughs> um, Don't get off the dating apps. I, so Just yeah, get a good ignore strategy. what I said before, <laughs> call her so you can get some advice. She could square you away. <laughs> As far as uh, the dating apps go, I, I really thought she would be like, man, delete that and burn your phone. No, I, I think it's, they're brilliant. I think that just a lot of people don't know how to use them effectively. That's it. Yeah, I, I agree to that. So uh, we're going to cut it to a break here, a five minute break real quick. Um, before we go on our break, uh, we want to say Red White Badass Brew, Whiskey Business Coffee, this vanilla caramel and whiskey flavored coffee was created by accident and it smells and tastes so delicious. It's my number one seller. Red, white, and badass brew. Uh, you drink coffee? I do. Give that a whiff and let everybody know what it smells like. What's that aroma? Good, bad, or indifferent? Oh, it's good. It's delicious. Yeah. I can't smell anymore. You can't? So, no. No, it's. No, I can't. I mean, I can, but I smell all the time. And it's like, except for when freshly roasted, phew, that thing is just, it's like, oh my God, it's heaven. It is, it's heaven. Well, we're cutting into a break. When we get back, we're going to talk about the world of veterans, military, and dating. So we'll talk to you here in just a few. Hey, Cat Badasses, our Patreon is live and accepting memberships right now. And for only $3 a month, you get some cool benefits with it. Chance to win Red, White, and Badass Brews coffee every month and exclusive content, just to name a few. So go to the link, go to our Patreon account, and become a Cab Badass member. You're back from the break. And if you missed the first half, go check it out. It's a great episode with Jolene. But let's talk about Go Man Go Productions. If you're looking for a production company that has the full gamut of what you're looking for, for film goes, photography, graphics, you have to go check out Go Man Go Productions. Go give them a shot. Go talk to them. And who I mean by him, I'm talking about Tony. But Go Man Go Productions, he is the man. He's the one that makes the show what it is. He also has done all my graphics for me uh, at Red White Badass Brew. And he's just a straight out good dude. If you think it's just a little simple editing, you've got something else to think about because it's not that simple, man. So go check him out, Go Man Go Productions. All right, we were just talking on break and she blew my fucking mind. You know, she said she chooses not to have relationship issues. And I'm like, what do you mean you choose not to have relationship issues? How do you choose not to have relationship issues? So I know it is a bold statement, but I mean it. I I get thoughtful about this stuff, right? I think, what is a real issue? 
what is that I'm hungry? Did I not sleep this week? You know, why am I feeling the way I'm feeling? So I take some time and I think about it. And usually it is not an actual issue. You know, if we went back to the drinking, the very first thing I would do if I, if my relationship was suffering for me, this might be different things for different people, but for me, I would assess my alcohol intake. So I would think, all right, well, has it been up? And if I've been drinking more often or at events, well, then I'm not going to be shocked that my relationship isn't thriving because I'm tired. I haven't probably been to the gym. I've probably been eating like shit. Like there are clues, right? So I choose not to have relationship issues, but I also meditate for an hour and a half every morning, right? Like I do the things that I need to do to make sure that there are not issues in my relationship. So I am, I just now, I mean that just going steamrolling right into that. And what, what advice would you give somebody in choosing not to have issues? Like, cause one thing I think you pinpoint on and that keeps being a reoccurring theme and what you're talking about is alcohol. Any kind of addiction, right? Like it could be porn, it could be alcohol, it could be, um, it could be your phone. I mean, if you're, if you're in your phone every moment of every day, you know, how present are you? How you're, there's something happening inside you that you need to go deal with. Yeah, I know. I was reaching for my phone and just going like, oh, these things are addiction, but uh, I don't even have my phone with me because that's not a good host. Uh, but you had me searching. But people so, do it on dates, right? You know, they 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 still- That, that noise the fuck out of me. For sure. That right then and it's there. It's rude. So <laughs> I don't drink anymore. Oh, you don't? Okay. No, I, I quit drinking. So I, if I'd gone on, I used to take girls on dates- and I stopped taking them out to dinner. Completely stopped. I've been fucking catfished like six times. <laughs> so I was like, it, yeah, man, my last one was like it. I was like, fuck this, I'm done. And uh, she was good looking face. Uh, camera angles are a fucking thing, which I think she was giving me old photos too, which is another ordeal. And uh, we're going to this restaurant. It was on a Friday. I'm telling you a story. We're going to story mode. Love it. And uh, I get there early, you know, and get us a seat. Uh, and I usually don't, but she said, hey, I'm going to be a little run a little late. Get us a seat. I was like, cool, I'll do that. Got us a seat. And I'm sitting there and uh, about 10 minutes pass. I'm like, fuck, she just like chat me up and not really going to show up. Like, is this going to be a deal? Like I've never been stood up. So, but I was like, yeah, this is a first for everything. She's like, hey, so sorry, traffic. And I was like, screw it. I'm ordering a beer. So I ordered a beer and these two ladies sit next to me. So I started befriending them. And they were eating Brussels sprouts. Well, I convinced them to feed me Brussels sprouts while I'm waiting on a date because I'm hungry. <laughs> you know, I mean, because I was like, man, I'm so hungry and this beer is making me even more hungry. And so I uh, convinced them to feed me Brussels sprouts. Anyway, about 40 minutes into this thing, she still hasn't shown up. And she's like, but she's talking to me. So I'm like, okay, at least she's talking to me. Normally, I would just like, I'm out of here. Right. Um, but- she shows up and it is packed. BJ's is packed to the gills and just waiting, waiting. I mean, it's just packed. And uh, she comes walking in. Now you can say I'm shallow and I don't give a fuck, but she was overweight. 
And not like a little bit. I mean, obese. Yeah. Like 250, 200 or 275 pounds, probably plus. And she's five foot two, five foot three. And she splits the crowd. And I'm like, oh my God. Like, wow, no way. But when I went on dating apps, one of my buddies told me one thing about dating apps. Whoever you go on a date with, make sure they have a good time because you don't want to be a reason why they don't like dating apps. Mm, I love that. And I hold that true today. And so I always try to make sure that that person has a good time, regardless of my feelings about that person, because I don't want them to walk out and have a bad experience and say, fucking guys on dating apps. I don't want to be one of those guys. So I, uh, uh, she come as she's walking, these two girls, I was like, Hey, can you like help me out? Like save me here. And they start chuckling. I was like, fuck, I'm in this alone. Okay. So I promised her dinner. So she sat down we ordered food. She ordered a drink. I got another drink at this time. I'm like, fuck, I probably should be doing shots. And um, a group of people I know who are real prevalent in the city I live in come in. And I know all of them. And they walk V-line to my table. And I just wanted to sink in my chair going, oh, shit. Like, no, this is just not the image I want to create. And I feel so bad for this girl. And uh, they come over. They're like, hey, Dustin, who is this? And I'm like, oh, this is my friend. Like straight up, just friend. And uh, they're like, okay. They, you know, I could see the smiles on their face. They walked off. I was like, all right, you know, whatever. They're going to go around talking shit. So whatever, I didn't care. I mean, I did a little bit, but I was like, dang. Uh, and then we were done, kind of done in it towards a date. I only ate half my food. I was going to take my food home with me and uh, eat it for lunch the next day. <clears throat> and she asked, hey, are you uh, going to finish that, your food? And I'm over here looking at my plate and it was a steak with some potatoes and something else, some veggies or something. And I'm like, uh, now, I'm at a now I'm at this point of, I'm like, oh shit. I'm like, uh, no. And she's like, I'll, I'll, I want it, I'll eat it. And I'm just like, scoot over to her. And I'm like, ain't this something? I'm like, damn, she ate half my food too? So paid for dinner and uh, shot her the old text message. Like, hey, great time, thank you. I, I call it the shit, shit sandwich. Thank you, had a great time. I just don't think we are, you are what I was looking for. I appreciate it, but you are a great person. You're gonna find the person for you. I call this shit sandwich. So in dating, you know, the, it's so important that exactly how you handled that. It's so important that you go into a date that we all value um, just humans, right? Yeah. We value people as, as they are. And, um, and you did that. And then the next thing you did was you were transparent and you you broke it off. And that is the two, if there's anything in, in dating, it's do that, you know? Well, and that's why I don't take girls out to dinner anymore. Because if I run into the situation of, and I've run across some nasty girls too. So there's only one time I broke that. I mean, don't get, like I, I want to get guys. involved in your dating apps so bad. I'm like, how are you ending up on these dates? I'm very I, curious. It, it's wild. So I only did this once. I only broke my rule one time. 
and it was went on a date. Uh, usually, I have I have I have kids on my profile. You know, I don't have pictures of my kids on the profile. I think that's fucking weird. You know, because you don't know who's on the other end of this thing. Um, but I tell them I have kids, and yeah. I don't want more. And so I'm transparent with it. Well, went on this date with this lady and start talking. Usually the third, fourth question somebody is, hey, you have kids, blah, blah, blah. And uh, I'm going down the story mode. I know I'll get off this horse in a second. So I uh, uh, went on this date, started talking, going really good. And at this time, this is after my sixth catfish. So we're just on a, uh, on a, on a beer and, and maybe an appetizer. I think we had, no, we just had a couple beers. And I tell her, she's like, oh, you have kids? I was like, yeah, I have kids. And uh, she kind of looks back. I was like, oh, I can't believe the audacity you have. I'm like, what? She's like, you didn't tell me? I was like, well, it's on my profile. And I was, usually it's the third or fourth question somebody asks. She's like, yeah, but you should tell somebody you have kids before you go out with them. I'm like, well, you should ask a question. You know, like you see it on my profile, ask the damn question, how many kids I got. And uh, she's like, I don't even like kids. And that's not the most baffling thing. I'm like, I don't give a shit. Like, people just don't like kids. I get that. She's a fucking school teacher. <laughs> she's a school teacher. And she starts berating me in this restaurant. And loudly. And the check came. And uh, I was like, oh, fuck. Well, she gets up, walks off. I grab the check and I yell the top of my lungs in this restaurant. Hey, you're not paying your bill. Hey, you're not paying your bill. And walk up. And when you hand somebody something, what's her natural instinct? To reach out and grab it. Yeah. And she fucking reached out and grabbed the check. And I walked right out the door. And she's left stuck there after in that restaurant. Ooh. And I was like, what a fucking little, I can't believe this person would be little me in this restaurant. Yeah. The only time I ever did it. So if you ever want to do that to me in a restaurant, I wouldn't advise it. Well, and I think you bring up a good point about how it's not, you know, people can get really gendered with all men are like this, all women are like that. And I think, you know, from what I've seen in the dating world is that, no, there's just assholes or there's people that aren't. And, um, and it's about that simple. I agree. It yeah. is. Um, talk about, um, let's, let's go down the uh, veteran road here or military road. Yeah. Um, I, you don't do a lot of, I mean, you do some with military, maybe not as much. But well, in my career, I've worked with many men and women in the military. Yeah. Yeah. Why doesn't it seem to work out with military relationships? Well, in the dating world, right, um, there's a couple things that will happen. Like a lot of our clients will come in and they just moved there. <laughs> right? And they might be gone. And so, you know, they want a chance to date and find love and find a relationship and, and they don't want to be put in a box that before they're even, you know, known. So it feels, you know, their questions come up like, well, do I tell someone on a first date that, you know, I can, I'll have orders in a couple of years or, you know, or do I wait until we're dating? Like there's a lot of unknown about, you know, um, their mode of operation, right? Like, how do I proceed in this reality that I have right now wanting a partner? Yeah. It, so the, the art of it is challenging for active duty military. And I get why they want to be in a relationship because when they get home, 
they only have a certain amount of time before they're gone again. And if you're listening and watching, don't go out there and do that because that's the wrong thing to do because you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself finding somebody very quickly and you're settling for something that might not even be there and you're putting the cart before the horse. So you're just, you jump into it. You're like, oh, I love her. I love her. There's stages of a relationship, right? You got that lust stage, right? Absolutely. You have that infatuation stage. And then that starts to kind of wear off after a period of time, especially if you've been dating for six months, then you're gone for six months. Or if you've moved into the stage that maybe isn't lust, but maybe it's like your biological clock is ticking, you know, for a man or a woman. And you're like, this is the next stage in my progression. I've hit the place in my career I want to be. And life is good, but all that's missing is the family I want to create or whatever, right? So that can also push people forward too quickly because they, they're ready for that next phase. How hard is it to balance? You know, I, I don't know how to, like men and women are in the workforce and, you know, they both could be CEOs, whatever we want to, whatever you want to be, whatever your dream is, you can become it. You really, you can. Um, how hard is it and how challenging is it when a woman is a highly ambitious, but also has that, you know, want, wanting to be that, that the motherly nurturing side of her wants to come out as well. Is that also, does that usually find a, is that pretty hard and difficult for couples to, and then dating world and the dating world. I mean, we're talking about more relationship at that point. But I see it in the dating world a lot, right? How it's manifesting in the dating world is um, there are a lot of highly educated, very type A, very structured, very organized women, very controlling, right? And um, they don't know how to release control, Right. And so even by joining a dating service, they are trying to control to some extent their experience. Right. They're trying to make it happen. Yeah. And um, and then you have, and then they there's this concept that men are all intimidated by strong women. You know, I have not found that to be true. Um, but what I what I think is that the women don't know how to get into that spot, right? Because the men might think like, well, she doesn't need me, you know? And the women are so much as saying that in, in certain circumstances, right? So, you know, they are all looking for all the women end up saying, I just want someone really masculine. I want someone who knows how to plan a date. I want someone, you know, they are very attracted to... um you know, maybe not just the military men, but like accomplished, you know, military men or accomplished men, right? And so, because then they don't have to hide their accomplishments. I had a woman one time, you know, say, you know, should I not take my Lamborghini on the dates? And um, and she's like, it's my date night car. It's my car, like I'm into it, right? And um, And, you know, she said, but I don't, want to not have a man want to date me because he already thinks like, well, I can never please her. And I said, absolutely take your Lamborghini on the dates. Like 
If that intimidates them, you're just weeding out the weak anyway. You know, like, come on, you know, so, but I see it all the time, you know, with, with uh, higher education and, um, you know, there's a lot of women with a lot of money and a lot of accomplishments, but they just assume that men can't handle it. And so I don't think they're allowing men to show them what they could provide. And I don't think men are showing them what they could provide. It goes into the providing. Yeah. Not financially in these scenarios. A hundred percent. Providing isn't always just about providing financially. Yeah. That's not what it's always about. You know, yes, if you're the breadwinner, then that is part of the role and responsibility you took on in that relationship. And that's okay. But you don't have to be the breadwinner in a relationship. How is how else are men are supposed to provide in a relationship when money is no longer on the table? So I definitely think women want to feel heard. They want to feel seen. Um, they want someone to ask them a, a, a real question about who they are, not why they got divorced or, um, you know, what their favorite trip is, right? And I think that's a fair question to be quite honest, you know, between you and I think you should talk travel and and dreams and all that, but they do. They want to be asked what makes them tick or just something that says, um, I'm doing my research a little because I want to try to impress you a little at some point, you know? Um, I've had a lot of clients recently, women who, who have ended a date this is a first date. And these men are, you know, like one in particular, you know, he's a very sharp attorney. He has three children. He's been married, you know. This, this guy has had to provide to some extent in his, in his life, right? right. Had to provide a, a safety. Um, and so they meet on the first date and she says, he goes, oh, where are you? They exchanged information. He says, oh, where are you parked? And she goes, I'm down a couple streets over. And he says, oh, okay, well, I'm down this way. So I guess I'll call you tomorrow. And she walked in the dark at like a pretty seedy part of town at like nine o'clock at night. And she said, you know, she was willing to overlook it. I was not. I was like, I don't think you should overlook that. And maybe I said at that point, if it was my safety and the man said, where you parked I and wasn't going to walk me and he said, I'm over here. I probably would have said, you know, it's super late, super dark. Like, will you walk me to my car? I would have just had to ask. I have a hard time with that. I'm telling you. I, it, I, it happens he every day. It should have already, he should have been like, I'm going to walk you to the car. They Opposite do direction it. or not. Yeah, they don't do it. You know, because you have to go out of your way. Going out of your way shows that you care. Well, you tell me, is that what you think it is? A lack, because they're, they are... Lack, lack of upbringing. Yeah. That's what it is. It's a lack of upbringing. Yeah. Which, most you these, know, most these not, guys haven't been taught. Well, you can't this. blame them for that. No, I can. Because you can change how you act. True. You know, I was brought up a certain way. I changed who I was. I wasn't brought up bad. I was just brought up different. You know, so... I know. I know. You want to ask me questions? <laughs> I can see it on your face. I, I'm like, hold on. This is my interview now. <laughs> you can ask questions. Sit back. It's, it, it was just brought up different. You know, I was born and raised in Oklahoma. How we treat women 
is different than I think what guys out here treat. That uh, honestly, fucking my secret line, my success is being different out here. That's it, interesting. It, it is what it is. But it's, I have manners. I have morals. You know, um, I'm not afraid of who I am. I'm confident in the person I am. You know, not confident in everything I do because when you do new things, you're not confident in it. You know, it's like starting a podcast. When I first started this, I wasn't confident. You know, I right, I to do it. Yeah, I, I was scared shit. Shit. I mean, I scared the shit out of me. It's like, oh man, did that do okay? Man, that was terrible. You know, I always go back to my interviews and say, man, I could do better because I can. When I was um, listening to, I was on a podcast. Uh, I was doing the podcast and interviewing someone, and he was a fantastic conversationalist. Mm-hmm. And I remember he asked me a question, something like, "You know, what is uh, what's something simple that brings you joy? A tremendous amount of joy." And I go, "Oh, that's easy, my daughter." And it's I sat with it for like five days, and I was like, "What a lame answer!" If I was on a date and someone had the thoughtfulness to say, "What is something?" extremely simple that brings you a tremendous amount of joy. And I could have opened up this huge conversation, right? But instead I just took the easy way out and said, oh, my daughter, right? So I sat with it. I struggled with it. And one morning I was like, well, what is something simple that brings me joy? And one morning I was on the freeway and it was empty. It was like 5.30 in the morning and it was both sides were completely empty. And I was like, this is something extremely simple that brings me a tremendous amount of joy. And it made me think to a trip to Sedona. And it made me think about like living life a little differently, right? And it just opened up my mind and my heart to like a different perspective. And so that's what I was talking about earlier with there's so much power in how you answer questions and the questions that you ask, right? If we don't take the easy way out. There is an easy way out. And so one word answers, oh, that's, I mean, we're going back to online dating. I keep going back to, it's like- Yeah, because it's great. Oh. <laughs> Come here. I'll show you the way. Come to the light. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. It, it is, I get it. Well, that's why I'd, I'd rather hear about someone's, you know, d- bad dating stories or whatever. I've heard them all and, and they're, they're interesting. Yeah. But I honestly, I, I get more fascinated about what's not working when you did like someone or- when you, or I want to know the times where you were in sync, right? And the stories just flowed and it felt easy and you felt confident. Those are the, the interactions that I get most excited about. So, uh, yeah. Because you can do something with that, right? I, you yes. can do something with that information. I'm if going back know, into my mind and going back to the few that did work out. That's the ones you have to focus on because if you want to talk about the ones that aren't working, it's like, there's not much to learn from that. I know why. Right? I know they're not working. Tell me. It, it's this, it's face value. There's nothing there. There's nothing there. There's no connection. Instantly. I, I know if I have a connection with somebody or not, even text with them. That's It's the flow. It's the flow. It's the fucking flow. When the conversation is effortless and you're just like, pow, pow, pow. And you want to answer their text messages. But you're right. So it's like remembering those times when you have been in sync Mm -hmm. and being able to pinpoint that and knowing that anyone can achieve flow. Anyone. It is absolutely, you can, I can, anyone can. It is a consciousness that is available to all of us. And it is so powerful. 
And it will change the way you date. If that is your number one goal, going on a date is to, I just want to be in a flow state. That is very different from, I want to get laid. That's going to give me a totally different strategy because I, you know, I can apply one on both. So if I want to just get in flow, then I'm not really attached to the outcome other than my own, you know, how did I feel? Did I feel I was authentic? Was it, you know, was it easy? Was it uncomfortable? What do I need to, you know, get better at? You know, maybe I really don't like dinner dates. Maybe I really like to grab coffee and walk the beach. And maybe that's my new vetting system, System, right? Maybe if I say I'm online and I say, hey, Dustin, you know, are you open to Sunday or Saturday morning? Like, I don't know if you're an early bird, but you know, let's go six, seven, like let's meet, let's grab a coffee and go walk, you know, the, the pier to jetty, right? And you say, yes, you know, now I know, oh, this guy's the real deal. He's, he's showing up. He's, he didn't say, I'd rather do this. He just said, yeah, it's easy. And ladies, here's for you. (laughs) Just set the date, give them your availability, just move it to that thing. The men always say yes. They always say yes. They put it on their calendar. They show up. The women flake out. I, that hasn't been my experience. I love that. I love hearing I, that. I haven't. I mean, they don't usually flake out on me. I, I don't, it, I mean, you you know, yeah, I don't think I've ever had one flake that has set a debt, date. Do you set the dates or do Absolutely. The, you well, do all of it? So I've had some, it, it's interesting because yeah. I've had some where they have been like, boom, boom, boom. And like, hey, let's get off this app. I was like, oh shit. Like, I like that. Yeah, it's too much. Honestly, like for that. the women, it's just too much. I think it's easier for them just to like be, I'm not going to say aggressor, but you know, be- No, no but it's like that. I, I was attracted to that. That's awesome. I was attracted. I was like, whoa, like I like this person. Women you need to know that confident men are attracted to that. 100%. Because they think that men are only attracted to women like that are going to be more subservient. That's, and that's not the case. I mean, right. it's okay to be subservient in times in our lives. This goes kind of both ways, both really. Ways. So it's not one way street, but that I have found has turned me on more than me having to go, okay, oh, can't do Sunday. Well, fucking win. Like if you can't do a certain day, come up with a different day. Right. I got to do Monday or Tuesday, you know, or then didn't, I'm like, okay. And then by that time, if I'm like a couple days or what really gets me, I guess, maybe it shouldn't, but it does is the, uh, oh, hey, I'm busy. It's Monday. I'm busy and uh, I'm not going to have any availability till, till next Wednesday. Like, really? <laughs> I mean- Bar than going you on a trip and leaving the zip code, like well, are you, you can carve out an hour or an I, hour I and know. a half in a week? <laughs> that one doesn't shock me so much, right? Like if you're dating women with stuff going on, right? Like I've got kids, I've got okay. You this know, was like, a bartender. Got, well, yeah, but she, maybe she's got like I don't know. I'm in school, like you single, know, you know. nothing. Nothing going on. Then why do you want to date someone with nothing going on? Yeah, fuck. I don't know. <laughs> I just wanted to get laid. <laughs> I mean, 
you, you, honest answers. I can only give honest answers. I can't. I lie. would say schedule the date though. I would say 100%. if someone said I can do Wednesday, I would say perfect. Let's do Wednesday. You know, disposable. Hold on, as I as I write down my notes. No, it, it it was it was the back and forth. It was it was a little bit, you know. And again, I'm, I'm guilty of other things too. You know, like. You know, it's, it's crazy. The ghosting, I've done that a few times, you know. Well, listen, we're all not perfect. I am positive that if you went, even though I said I met amazing men and my <laughs> dating experience, right? And they were all so cool. I am positive that you interviewed them all. Not all of them would think I was super amazing, right? Like, well, I probably not. I mean, I'm going to, you know. So <laughs> sex. Yes. How important is sex in a relationship? Oh, that's a really um, interesting question. So, or now let's start off with dating. Let's start off with dating first. How important is sex in dating? Um, I, I just always tell people, like, you know, if if make your intentions known. So, if I'm looking for a long term committed relationship and I want exclusivity and monogamy, then I'm just going to tell you straight out when you're like you know, what are you looking for? What if, what does a physical relationship look like to you? You know, I might even ask that question if I'm on a couple dates with someone, I might say, so listen, I don't know where you're at at this stage in your life, but um, what does a physical relationship look like to you at this stage? Right. Because this is, we're not uh, 20, you know, uh, you know, it's, and, and I don't really, actually, I, let me take that back. I don't think that age matters. Right. It's, it's an important conversation that some people are willing to have. So if, um, you know, I, I'll say my piece and they say theirs. And if it matches up and maybe that doesn't necessarily mean it has to be monogamous and exclusive, but maybe it means, Hey, I am not in the, um, the game for long-term commitment right now. I am just looking for a fun sexual relationship, but I just want to let, you know, be transparent. Right. And there's plenty of people that are going to say, Hey, that suits me just fine right now too. Right. Like, do you think more women are apt to say that in hopes they can change your mind into getting you into a relationship? Um, I mean, I don't know if, I I don't know, do have, is it been your experience that women have said that? Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, yeah. They I, almost, but I, I have other experiences, like I don't want any more kids. And then I, I'm not tooting my horn. I don't know why this happens. I don't know if it's that sexual chemistry or, you know, that element of real feelings. Cause I, you know, once you have intercourse and I think with men, it's a little bit different. They are kind of giving a piece of themselves up to that man. And, and that feeling now they feel more connected to that, to that guy emotionally connected. Maybe not every time if you set the standard, I have, you know, I understand that, but I think, I think women are more apt to have that emotional feeling and connection versus guys. And I'm not saying every guy, because every guy's different, right. you know, but like, you know, they, they get that emotional connection with that person after intimacy. So here's what I, I think about um, sex. I think it is like an amazing tool if you are focused on having an optimal thriving relationship, right? So sex is like routine, is like activity, is like compatibility, right? Like all of these different areas, sex is one thing that you can um, co-create together, right? And so if you can, oh, here's what I've learned, right? I'm not a, a sex expert, but what I've learned over the years is if you can 
you know, um, unattach sex from intercourse or orgasm and really look at it as a way to have deep connection, then I believe that you have one component that adds to a thriving relationship, right? Now, this is not how I viewed sex when I was young. When I I view sex um, as, you know, more like a tool to get men to like me, you know? Oh, if they, if I'm having sex with them, then they'll like me. They'll, they'll ask me to go to, you know, things that, you know, um, you know, things that I want to go to a life that I want to be a part of. And, you know, I had really poor self-esteem. I didn't know it at the time. Sure. You know, um, but that, that's how my evolution of, of sex has evolved into, you know, now it is connection. So if I have a, a client who is dating and she's sleeping with people very early on, right? They almost never work out mm-hmm. for her, right? And and she, you know, let's say she tells me, listen, sex isn't a big deal to me. It, it's whatever. Like I've had sex with guys. If it, that, you know, that's not, that's not the problem. And I think, well, like you did, yeah. You know, maybe you should, maybe sex should start meaning something to you. Because if you are giving up a little piece of yourself, right, and your bits and pieces of all these different men, right, how are you going to come together with someone new and be really open and have the capacity to create a new sexual experience with someone if you are bits and pieces of all of this old stuff, right? I, I agree. Yeah. I agree. That's, it, it tends to happen after... Uh, People who say they don't want to have kids, all of a sudden they want to have my kids. And I'm like, why the fuck do you want to have my kids? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I, I don't it's mean very it. Telling. I'm very brass or crass sometimes in what I say, but I'm like, why? Like, this is we talked about this. Well, let's say okay. So I didn't want to have more kids after my divorce. I was done after not even after my divorce. After I had my child, I was like, whoo, all right, one and done. That is, you know, like. That's some, this is some stuff, raising kids. When I met my now boyfriend, he did not really want kids. And actually he said something very interesting. I said, oh, do you want more children? And he said, you know, not, not especially, not really. But if I met, I always thought if I met someone younger, then, and she never had the opportunity to have kids, then I would probably want to give her that opportunity. And I was like, so let me get this right. Because of my age, if I wanted kids and I already have one, you would be like, nah. But if I was 25 and hadn't had kids yet, you'd be like, sure. I thought that was wild, right? Um, so I came to him one day and I said, listen, I think I want children, you know? And, um, and you know, he was like, I really don't. And I said, let's take a few days, right? Because this is kind of, are we going to break up, right? Um, let's take a few days, I'll come back over in a few days and then we'll like, you tell me what you decide and I'll tell you what I decide, right? And so we came back over, had this wild experience where um, I said, I, th- I thought a lot about it and I, I think I do want to have children with you, right? And he said, um, okay, let's do it. Let's create that family you want. And as soon as he said that, this is psychotic, but I was like- I don't want kids. It all rushed out of me. I was like, wow, all I really wanted to hear 
was that he would, I don't know, want to create the type of thing that, I don't know, be there for me, create the same thing with maybe just acknowledge the connection I felt was as deep as what he felt is interesting. And uh, that was it. We never had kids and, you know, didn't want, you know, was happy with the decision. But so I think that's what may be going on with you. You're, they're meeting this man that they're like, oh my God, he's everything I wanted. Right. And so there's this feeling of, okay, he's got, I can, I can create this life I want, um, you know, but the life has to be aligned. What you want, what she wants. It would not have been really smart decision for me to say, okay, let's have kids with a man who was very pretty much certain he didn't want children. (laughs) I'm sure that would have like kind of backfired (laughs) long-term. Maybe, maybe they just want me to, I'm not saying a man up because that's not what it is. It's not. It's, it's, uh, that is so intriguing, Jolene. Really? It's weird, right? Yeah. Why the fuck? It's wild. I don't know. I don't know the answer to everything. Uh, Man, that is, (laughs) I was hoping to get that one answer. (laughs) It's happened uh, twice, three times, I guess now. <laughs> and I just, it, it baffles me like, what? Like, we talk about this. Well, We have talked about this. And you said you have children, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. And so women who date children. Yeah, I got a fleet. Uh, men with children, sorry. <laughs> Freudian slip there. Um, I feel like, you know, you might have this lifestyle that's really appealing to them, you know, that they want, that they want, you know? And I think that's, uh, you know, speaks to your character. Hmm, okay. Like, I, it's not it's not exactly a problem. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't say it is. I wouldn't, it's, it's frustrating, you know? And we go back to the one that, the flow that I had with one, you know? It, that was one of the issues after nine months. Well, it actually brings up something. Uh, it makes me think of, of, something that happens early in on dating. So like, let's say, you know, I start dating you and the first year or so um, I'm, I'm discovering who you are. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I go, um, okay. In my mind, Dustin, you know, goes to um, the gym on Friday, Saturday, Sundays. <laughs> he, you know, he's with the kids these days. He, um, loves planning dates, you know, he brings flowers, you know, I'm like deciding who you are, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm going, God, all of this stuff works for me. So then I decide who you are for you before really knowing you, I've only known you a year, right? And then I keep you there. So now anything you do, right, in the future, I could be insecure about. So all of a sudden you decide to start going to the gym six days a week. Now, an insecure Jolene goes, why? Are you, you don't find me attractive anymore? Like, who are you trying to get more attractive for? A secure Jolene goes, awesome. Where are we going? What are we doing? I want, you know, what are we, like, what are we, you know, how are we, I want to be a part of this. I want to be part of this transformation. And and so it, it occurred to me that if you can approach dating and developing a relationship in ways that are not, um, that are like discovery and not elimination, right? So, you know, with even women who change their mind about wanting kids versus not, like, that's okay. We don't all know because it's too, it's too constricting, 
right? There's no freedom in that. I mean, then you could argue, you know, can you have commitment with, with freedom? If freedom's the ultimate value, right? That we're all chasing. And I don't know, maybe it is for me, if it is for others, I don't know. But can you truly have commitment with freedom? And um, I don't think you can. I do think there's a trade-off. Um, I do think you trade off in order to be in a committed relationship. I think you trade off freedom. I, I definitely, you know what? Yeah. I, I, at first I was like, yeah, no way you can still, but you're right. You do have to risk and give because you're no longer, you're single. You have the freedom. You don't have to answer to nobody. You don't have to do anything you don't want to do. Hey, no, I don't want to go out Monday. I don't want to go out Thursday. I just want to chill. I want to be by myself. Um, being in a committed relationship and moving in or living that way. Yeah, you're, you're trading freedom for sure. Yeah, because you're saying, I, yeah, I, you 100%. and I are agreeing that we are going to live in this design that we created together. But based on, let's say 20 years later, what if I decide, you know what? I want to travel the world for a year. My partner doesn't want to. I better hope that I have a partner that says, you go build, you go do your dream. You know, because if I have one that says that was not part of the plan, you know, now- I don't get to have a, a human experience that is deeply meaningful to me because why, right? Yeah, I, that's a good question. Um, I, I don't know the answer to that. I don't know, you know, one, one aspect to it is I can't have any more kids. You know, I made sure I can't have any more kids that's how much I'm positive that I will not have any more kids. And if there's that inkling in somebody, I, I go get it. Yeah. I'm absolutely. not your person. Absolutely. Go get it. There's no harm in you wanting that. It just sucks. You, you told me this. You didn't want this. Now I wasted six months of my life, which I don't know. I haven't dated. I mean, I've dated loosely the last couple of years, but I took a year off. I gave myself 12 months because it's so easy for me to get in a relationship. Yeah, and I just went from one one. And I was like, "Fuck that!" I, and this was twenty twenty two, yeah, twenty twenty two. And uh, I was like, "Yeah, I'm done. Twelve months. I'm not getting any relationship. I'm not even really dating." And that's what I did. Well, it turned out to be two years and rolling. And now that I'm even more single and single, I'm like, it's getting harder and harder to date. <laughs> yeah, or you're you're getting wiser and wiser about you know the the relationships you really want to enter into and put forth together. Listen, our dating life has the potential of being eighty years, right? And what is the potential that we're going to have one relationship and die hand in hand, you know, uh, at ninety six years old, right? It's it's very very rare. Most people have multiple romantic relationships in their life, mm -hmm. and. Um, and so if we know that all relationships end and either because one or both parties want to live a different life or because one party dies, then what do you want to do with that information? And I think all you can do in that is establish the health of the relationship, right? Is it healthy? Am I happy? Do I feel joy? And, um, and go from there. I agree. I agree. Marriage, real quick. Yeah. What do you think about marriage and guys who don't want to get married again? <sighs> why is I feel like why do I feel like this is like my love life on on? Because <laughs> I read your book already, you didn't even know it. <laughs> I studied you on. I'm just joking. I didn't do any of that. Uh, what? Wait, are you not wanting to get married? Um, yeah, uh, I'm divorced. 
All right. So I've been married uh-huh. and I, when I started my new relationship, I thought for sure uh, we were going to get married, you know, like absolutely wasn't a doubt in my mind. Right. And I was like, basically like, okay, when are we getting, in, like, when are we getting married? I was so excited about it. And then um, the conversation was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not, I'm not really there yet. And I was like, no shit. Really? God, how did I miss that, right? Like, I thought we were super, super on the same page. And um, and I said, but you always talk about wanting to get married and have like, you know, and that you will marry me and all these things. And he's like, yeah, I fully intend to. You know, I'm just not in any rush. And so I I felt bad about it for, you know, times. But again, I choose not to have relationship issues. So I established, you know, what do I really want? What does marriage really, really mean to me? Um, am I willing to be in a relationship with this person not being married um, ever, right? And I just removed it. And I said, yeah. And so that's where I'm at. So I don't know if we'll get married or not. What is marriage? Um, I would say that marriage, okay. I think marriage is special. I do think it is, you know, something that you enter into that says, you know what? Let's go through this together, the whole lot of it, right? All of life, let's be each other's like, no matter what support system, right? And um, till we die, right? So that is extremely romantic, right? However, what marriage also is, is a contract that quite frankly can bankrupt people and put them in a really poor position. So I think if anything, get a prenuptial agreement. Um, If you want to get married, just really sit down and have that conversation with your partner. And I I know a lot of people say, you don't need to if you're that committed, but you know what? I say, why not? Get it, get it in writing. I I think back in the day, marriage was that institution of some form of commitment to each other. And this day and age... I don't think that that institution is no longer there. Well, historically it, though, it was because women couldn't, um, they had to be married, right? right? We didn't have, we couldn't buy property. We couldn't right. do things without a man. So marriage was, you know. That institute of marriage. <laughs> they had that institute It was of, a deal made between a father and uh, a young man. And we don't need that anymore. No. And, you know, one, one I pose this question because I'm on, well, I'm not on the fence. I- took the bulldozer and tore down the fence and the wall and said, there's no reason for us to get married. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I can show you that I love you every single day without this legal binding contract saying, I love you. I don't even know if that contract ever says love in it. Well, I saw something brilliant the other day. Someone says, listen, you're getting a prenuptial <clears throat> agreement, whether you want it or not. Do you want the Cal- you know, state of California to be the one who tells you your prenuptial agreement? Or do you two want to sit down like adults and figure it out? Right. And I thought, brilliant. Yeah. You are, you're getting one no matter what day you sign that contract. The- but you can have a, you can have a commitment ceremony. Yeah. You know, I mean, there are, it, there it, are things that. And people take that as commitment issues. I'm like, how is that? You Just- want a wedding? Fine. I don't, don't, if they have never been wed, had a wedding, I'm like, okay, I can see the nostalgia in having the wedding. But I'm like, why? Let's go, look, let's go take that 15 grand now it takes to do a small wedding. Yep. 
and 25,000 to do a medium wedding or bare bones. And it's going on a badass vacation. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Say, so, Hey guys, here we are. Boom. Elope. Put that on the gram and call it good. Show everybody in the world that you're in love and married. And, um, so yeah, it's, it's crazy. The institution of marriage, uh, I, I think it's lost. Not only that, uh, you know, it depends on the person and what you're building. You know what I mean? Well, we're living longer. I mean, there's so, it's such a complex issue, honestly. It is. It's really, really complex. We're living longer, you know, and I will say this. So my parents, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a consequence of a second, uh, marriage. Right. And, um, my parents have been married, I don't know, 40, 44 years or something, 43 years. And on my dad's deathbed last year, I will tell you that he, like having my mom there was for 20 days in hospice, watching someone die. It's terrible. It's terrible. Right. But it's also a privilege to be able to transition someone out of this life. And, um, and I just, my heart goes out for anyone that doesn't get to have that, you know, really special bond. I mean, it was very, very intimate and, and seeing my mom be able to be there with him. Right. So from that, and now she is not, um, she's a, she's a widow and there's something that makes her feel okay about that. Right. That she was like, it, she was loved. It was meaningful. It was real. You know, it was like, I don't know. And I think when we're facing, you know, our, uh, different stages in life, right? Different things become, you know, super important. And so maybe marriage down the road will be important when you're 60 or 70 or even 80. That could, that could. As of right now, yeah, that definitely could. You know? It could be, it could change down the road. But that's what I'm saying about discovery instead of elimination, instead of looking at a partner and a person of what isn't going to work for you, just discovering who they are. And continuing to discover, you know, if if life is busy, you know, you might want to take your wife out every year and say, hey, you know, we never have time to talk about who we've become in the last year, you know, because we're just, it, it, people think it's automatic, right? Um, you should know because you see me every day. And I don't think that's true because we're not always expressing um how our transformations are, are, you know, um, in the, in the micro. And we're not always present. Yeah. We're definitely not present. Right. So if you sit down and you say, Hey, you know, I want to know who you've become this year. That's a powerful way to date someone, you know, tell me this last year, what, you know, what have you gone through? What have you really gone through? And it's not going to be easy. You know, if I was asked that question, I would probably be like, Oh, I don't know. You know, like I, you know, it's, so that would be a something that I would have to really go, whew, all right, I got to dig deep for this one. Am I really ready? Because, you know, you have to be vulnerable. And, um, but that's how you build a deeply connected relationship. I, I definitely agree. It, <clears throat> I can talk to you all day. I know. <laughs> I, I can, I don't know if we're doing this thing justice by ending this thing because it, there's so much, I feel like we just hit the tip you know what I mean, of the iceberg. And I think there's just so much more to uncover with what you got going on and what you do. And it's such vast and not one shoe fits everybody else. You know what I mean? So it's, you can dissect this thing into so many different ways. 
And I just want to keep talking to you. Well, that's a way to, that's a perfect way to wrap though, is just saying that everybody's experience is so, so, so different, you know, and to stop grouping, stop grouping it all together in the dating world. It it is. That's a perfect way to do it. Where can people find you? Uh, JoleneBeaton.com is my website. And you can learn more about um, my thoughts on dating. (laughs) And... I feel shameful because I did not plug this earlier, but she also has a dating book out called Dating Explained. I just got a copy, so I haven't read it yet, but I'm definitely going to read it. Uh, Give me just a summary real quick about this. So Dating Explained, It's Not Them, It's You, is meant to show you that it is in your control to create the relationship that you want. And that there are about 25 different avatars um, in different scenarios that could be potentially holding you back from finding, uh, I don't want to say finding the person, but creating the the type of relationship you want. And um, you might, you see yourself in about four or five of them. There's going to be some that you don't see yourself, you know, at all, but it'll be interesting when you are in the dating world and you'll go, oh, I know what's going on with that person. You know, it's not my... um, you know, my thing, but, you know, I can tell that, you know, they're debilitatingly shy and you start to have more compassion for people and, and it just humanizes the whole experience. I agree. So guys, just like dating, you should take your coffee the same way. No looks given, you know, no looks are given to the people out there not putting themselves out there in the dating world. Same thing with your coffee. There's no looks given if you ain't trying something new being you, being bold, being delicious. That's the same thing. Way, same way you should take your uh, dating experience with no looks given. It's why I made this. Because no looks given isn't given. It's created. You go out there and create what you want in the dating world, in the professional world, and in your personal world. You go out there and create what you want. It's not going to be given to you. Jolene, thank you so much for coming on this show. I really appreciate it. I think you're going to come back on some other time because there's other questions I have now that I think need to be answered. Now I've uncovered a little bit about it. And uh, I think we're going to have some interaction in in the future, maybe doing something else. I would love that. Thank you so so much. uh, And don't take that the wrong fucking way. If you have a mind like mine, don't take that the wrong way. There is nothing with that. So don't take it the wrong way. Um, Guys, thank you for watching. Remember the Patreon, man. If you like what we're doing, just go on there and check us out. If it's for you, awesome, man. Sign up, get the exclusive content. Uh, we're going to be giving some swag away, some coffee away on there as well. Uh, once we hit a certain amount of members, go on there and check us out. We want to thank Next Level Lender as well. Um, and uh, go, man, go, go Man Go Productions for putting this thing on. Until next time, stay badass. Thank you for tuning in to Coffee Conversations, a badass podcast. If you like what we're doing, go to our Patreon. Show some support. We have exclusive content and giveaways over there. And please don't forget to like, subscribe, and share the content that we're putting out. Until next time.